Welcome to another Retire Notes podcast. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. Today I'm in conversation with Peter Black, who is a business and executive coach and a retirement coach. Thank you for being available, Peter. My pleasure, Bruce, and that's the beauty of running a portfolio life. I run my own diary now, so I can be available when I need to be. Sounds good. Talk about the portfolio life. What do you mean by that? There was a term invented by an author called Charles Handy. This was in the 1980s. He wrote a number of books, including things like The Age of Unreason, and he talked about a portfolio career. Okay. So uh, portfolio career is essentially where you have a range of activities broadly along the same lines as probably your core basic career specialty, but you're working with multiple clients and doing multiple activities. I've now extended that to call it the portfolio life, and it's a bit like having uh, a portfolio career, and in addition to that, you have leisure activities and volunteering activities and family activities. So you you build a portfolio of activities that keep you occupied and keep you satisfied. Essentially, you're doing it in your own time. You're not constrained by the classic nine to five. Sure. But you've got that autonomy and control, which as human beings, we really crave and desire if we can get it, which often a traditional uh, full-time job does not provide. Yeah. And your portfolio includes your work. Is that the idea? That's right. Yes. So within, you know, the portfolio career, portfolio career is the work component, but then there's all these other pieces that I do as part of that, including things like holidays. So, you know, I aim to take about eight weeks holiday a year, uh, which is more than the traditional four weeks. So that's an important part of what I call my portfolio life. Yeah. Um, the other thing, whilst we're talking portfolio career, Bruce, I should also mention a new term that's come up in recent years called a slash career. Slash career. Okay. Yes. You better uh, explain that. <laughs> yes. Which I think is another option for people in what we call the third age and has very much come from effectively what the millennial generation has been seeking. Whereas we, when we were young people, probably went into a, you know, traditional career and that was all that we did. The millennials now are saying, I want to be a lawyer sure. slash musician in a band on a Friday night slash volunteer at a refugee centre on a Sunday. Okay. And employers are finding that to keep people, they have to be able to offer this flexibility. And the slash piece is saying that the different components of that career are not necessarily directly related to each other as you would probably find in a portfolio career. Okay. So we go from traditional career to portfolio career to slash career. Okay. Let's talk about one of the things in your portfolio. You're a retirement coach. Mm. What, what does a retirement coach do? Well, it's a coaching that hasn't been around that long, probably 10, 15, 20 years. Sure. And was driven by, it was driven out of the US where a lot of people were retiring and really finding it quite a struggle. And there was thus a demand as to how we would help people transition from traditional full-time work into essentially what was a blank canvas. And if we go back 50 or 60 years, 
people would, in the traditional organisation at the time, would work until they were 65, retire at that age, get a gold watch, live the three score and ten, so that was 70. Yep, They'd that be was it. retired for five years. That was it. Yeah. So we didn't need to think about retirement as such. It was the retire, put your feet up, uh, maybe have a little bit of holidays, yes. work with your grandchildren, and that was it. But when we're living 20, 30, 40 years beyond when our retirement age is, we've got this vast period of time to actually plan for. And so this is where retirement coaches came in, which is essentially just another form of transition coaching. Okay. So what we're doing is effectively helping individuals strategize and plan for the future. To some extent, we're helping them redesign their life with a blank canvas with an impartial perspective. Okay. And particularly as there's essentially been no predefined model of what that third age or retirement phase should look like. Yes, it's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So what created the interest for you in, in this coaching? A few things, Bruce. Firstly, I had my first gap year or retirement at, in the year I turned 47. So year mm-hmm. 2006, I, I had completely off. People said to me at the time, are you retiring? And I said, no, I'm not sure. I'm in transition. Okay. And so I did a bit of let's call it research and development or exploration as to what it could be like. Then I was able to secure a role as an outplacement consultant or career transition consultant. And when I was working with individuals, I was helping some of them transition from a job to another job or from a job into uh, starting their own business or job going back to study. Or for some people, it was job into retirement. And what I found was that the retirement coaching was the hardest of the lot because there was no real predefined model. And at the end of the day, we don't need to prepare a resume for retirement like we do if we're looking for another job. That's true, yeah. So, you know, with earlier retirement ages, and I was working with individuals, say, mid to late 50s, uh, early 60s, still healthy, Uh, not necessarily wanting to retire but suffering some age discrimination, so effectively being forced into considering retirement and with good health potentially looking at, you know, quite a period ahead, a number of decades ahead that they were planning for. So I went looking for a course, which I found, and effectively became one of what is now about two dozen um, certified retirement coaches in Australia. Okay. So how do you become a coach? What's the process? Well, at the time, the course that I found was through a company called Retirement Options in the US. Okay. And I effectively did distance education over a period of about uh, three months and did a fair amount of reading of the course material. I participated in uh, Skype calls every week for eight weeks. I did an assessment and Then I became accredited in a couple of retirement-specific assessments. Uh, One's called the Life Options Profile and the other's called the Retirement Success Profile, which then become a structure and a basis for discussion with potential retirees. Okay. And so that was the sort of, let's call it academic or educational foundations of becoming a retirement coach. 
But then it was also working with individuals either in a formal manner or even in an informal manner. It was quite interesting talking with family and friends who were either contemplating retirement or had retired and asking some specific questions. Now I had this newfound knowledge. Sure. And that was a lot of vicarious learning together with obviously the learning from my own gap or first retirement at the age of 47. Yeah, yeah. The way you're speaking about it, you enjoy what you do. Is that so? Oh, absolutely. I I feel very privileged that I'm invited into people's lives and hearts to, and minds as such. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counsellor. I'm not a therapist, although I sometimes feel like it sometimes. <laughs> Can understand that, yes. And uh, what I often find, Bruce, is that People just want someone to talk with who's not going to pass judgment and doesn't have a vested interest and is able to provide them with options and strategies and perspective. Very often they know what they want to do, but they just want to talk it out. And what I'm able to provide is drawing very much on my business coaching, believe it or not, uh, where I do a lot of strategizing for the future I do a lot of strategizing for the future for people. I get some plans in place without being too formal about it. It's really just saying, well, have you thought about this? What about that? Remember that we're talking about a, you know, 20 or 30 year time frame. So for instance, if someone says, oh, why would I bother going back and doing a three year arts history degree at uni? Oh, yes. And I say, well, if you're going to live for 30 years, Three years is nothing in that 30 years. So it's just having that sort of independent advisor as such to effectively help them develop their own strategies as well as normalise their own feelings. Yes. Are there any common mistakes you've found people making as they look at their retirement? Yes. I think the obvious one would be they haven't saved enough. And so that's the financial side. Sure. Um, But... But putting that aside, because I think there is too much focus on the financial side, it's all about uh, how much superannuation you've got, you know, what age are you eligible for the pension, etc. Yes. But there's not enough focus on the non-financial side of retirement, what I call the psychological preparation for retirement. Yes. So the, the other mistakes that I think I see uh, people making are not – appreciating that this could be for 20, 30, 40 years. So it is quite a long period that they are effectively planning for. I think when they they think about it as a one long holiday, mm. well, it's not. You've, you've got to do something with the time, don't you? You've got to do something with the time. You've got to have that structure. I think not appreciating the importance of their active health management because health both for them and significant others, could be the biggest potential derailer of all their well-laid plans. So if they can't get up the steps of a bus or or up the steps of the Parthenon in Athens, uh, they're not going to be able to swing it. Yes. And I think the other factor, and it's probably scratching a bit of a raw saw, is not getting what I call the kid alts off the financial teeth. Okay. They are still supporting adult children and grandchildren well beyond when they should be, which is therefore adversely affecting their ability either to fund or enjoy retirement 
And the kids are having the kids, and when I say the kids, I'm talking, you know, into their mid to late twenties, maybe early thirties, having a great life at the expense of mum and dad. Yes, that could be a touchy topic, eh? That could be a very touchy topic, but I think it's probably one we need to have. Yeah. Is there anything you wish people knew about retirement? Maybe big picture? Yeah, I, I think there's some fascinating aspects of work that we take for granted until we no longer have them. Yes. So work obviously provides us with a regular income. And if we're effectively funding our life through our income, we don't notice it until we're no longer getting the income coming in and we're now funding our life out of our superannuation or other assets or out of an age pension. Sure. So income is certainly one aspect. But work provides a number of other things for us. It provides purpose. It's a reason to get out of bed in the morning. It's a sense of satisfaction from doing a good job of helping customers, whether internal or external, to a business. It's making a difference. Work provides structure. We have to be there at a certain time. We have to attend certain meetings and social functions and training functions. So there's that aspect to it. It effectively makes us manage our time. We have to get out of bed at a certain time in the morning to shower and have breakfast and catch the bus or train or drive to get to work at a certain time. You're not making work sound very attractive, you know. Well, we're not. But I think at the same time, Bruce, when you don't have all that, you realise what it provided. Yeah, that makes sense. Hmm. And if you've got a good workplace, you will be getting a lot of these positive aspects that, up until now, you've probably taken for granted. And then the last thing is the social connections, you know, the identity that comes from belonging, that sense of I belong to a company and a group of people at work, which you don't necessarily have once you retire. That's true. I think the other aspects are, you know, that identity piece. So when you go to any sort of function, so what do you do, Bruce? Yeah. You can now say, you know, I run a, you know, Retire Notes uh, website and I've written a book and I'm running a TV show. Uh, so you've got something to talk about. But if you're retired, what are you going to answer to that question? I have coffee at 10 o'clock each morning. <laughs> Doesn't sound as inspiring, does it? No, no. no. <laughs> okay. So what, what's the ideal time for people to start thinking about retirement? At, at what age? Let's Let's put an age on it. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's a great question. I think the question that I would actually put back, okay, why are we actually thinking about retirement? Do we actually have a different model for life now? Yes. And the traditional model, and there's a, a guy called Richard Bollas, B-O-L-L-E-S, who wrote a book called Three Boxes of Life. And he said the three boxes used to be you'd do your education, then you'd work, then you'd retire. Yes. In today's world, we need to turn those boxes on their side so that we're doing our education on a lifelong basis. We're working on a lifelong basis and we have leisure on a lifelong basis. So the first question I ask is, should we actually even be thinking about retirement? But if we are thinking about retirement, the ideal time would be when we start work, but the reality is most people won't be doing that. That's a bit idealistic. But generally, I would be suggesting probably at least three to five years out. Sure. And start sort of either 
thinking about the options and what we may find is that people actually reinvent and re-energise and regenerate their careers because they realise that's not what they want to do. And that has certainly been the experience of a lot of the clients that I've worked with when I've been sort of doing sort of three to five years out and all of a sudden they realise that they're standing on what I call the abyss of retirement. They're looking down at them going, that's not very attractive and then they re-energise their careers or their business. Yeah, they back off the cliff. They back off the cliff, yeah. But three to five years out, the worst thing they can do is start thinking about it, you know, probably within six months and go cold turkey. Oh. Because that, I think, is really setting them up for potential real roller coaster emotionally. Yes. uh, Because all of a sudden they go from something to, to nothing. And as we've talked about, you know, in the podcasts, Retirement is not one long holiday. It might be great for the first three to six months, but when every year becomes the same again and you've got to go through all of the seasons, yes. <laughs> it's yes. not necessarily the best way to do it. So the other option is for people within two, three, four, five years of retirement age or potential retirement age to have a a try before you enter it year. You know, have some extended long service leave or have a sabbatical or a gap year or start entering a phase down arrangement. You know, get to a either a three or four day a week basis or trade off another four weeks of salary if your employer will do it. So you take eight weeks leave a year at slightly lesser pay but you're still working but you're not going cold turkey retirement. Yeah, the ideal way to go. Hey, look, thanks, Peter. This has been good. I've been talking to Peter Black, a business executive coach and a retirement coach. And thanks to you for listening to this retirenotes.com podcast. Mm-hmm.